but oh, that's another thing. That's another thing, but yeah. Yeah, no, you're right, man. I didn't even think about the the electricity. It just it just sucks all around that this happens all the time. You think that they would do a better job at <laughs> Yes. Memphis Memphis has to be the worst place that I can think of that literally this happens every year and they're never ready for it. <laughs> I'm like, come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. This is uh every year, man. It's not it's not gonna change, you know, like uh -huh. it's, Warmer or colder, you know, isn't it? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know, man. You would think, man. We here, we here. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, dude. By the, by the grace of God, y'all here. You know, everybody's doing well. Y'all seem. Yeah, like, how are you doing? I ain't even. Asked. How are you doing? <laughs> man, I'm good, dude. I'm good. I'm just, you know, been snowed in myself and just living, living it up, man. Living it up. First, tomorrow is the first day I go back to work. So, you mm. know, like I'm just blessed to be able to have a job. So, like, yeah, man, I I couldn't be any happier, man. I'm just like, just I had enough time away from work and work was there for a while. Work was just taking up all my time. And I, I ended up creating the, uh, a page for, uh, sorry, a page for my services, for my freelance uh, audio, audio production. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the commercial. I saw yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. I, I had to do it, man. They they said on on the thing they like give you. It's just a, the things that you could do. Like you go put up a video and then you put up pictures. But I want to, you know, I want to draw a crowd so I can, you know, you know, make some profit off of a service that I got. And yeah, I'm excited to about that. I need to keep checking up on that. And uh, yeah, and I also yeah, uh, I looked at this one thing. I think it's called Riverbed or something, but it's for mm -hmm. what we're doing right now, and it's for the podcast. It's for part podcasting, and they say like it's it's clearer than Zoom, and it's like the audio is clear and everything comes through better. So I gotta look that up and see how much. Yeah, I, yeah. yes, yeah. I gotta oh, check damn. that. Out. I'm down. Yeah, I'm down for all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We get we get we get some better background graphics on there, all that stuff. <laughs> we get some <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, Zoom got stuck with this. No, no, they gotta get this stock. I, 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 I used to have the uh the 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 suit and tie picture, but now I, I got the <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm representing, yeah. It'd be okay. <laughs> Martin Luther King. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I gotta look at I gotta look at that and uh, see see how much money they're talking about because odds are it's definitely gonna be about money. But then again, I don't know I don't know what the packages are. I hadn't even looked at it yet, but it did look pretty cool. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to see about it. But one thing I did notice, Joseph, what was the I didn't see the topic that you wanted to talk about. Like I don't uh, I wanted I was wondering what topic did you want to talk about? Oh uh uh. We can save mines for last, but my my uh, my topic though, I wanted to I wanted to ask my fellow constituents about <laughs> their their mindsets and their and uh, uh, our what do how do I say it our our mindsets on dating in the Memphis music scene. Ooh, I want to know how man. I want to know. <laughs> Not, we don't have to get into the specifics, but I'm just Go trying on. to say I'm gonna say the music scene in general. Now I have to be Memphis music scene as no, a musician. Fine. How is it? How is it? How is it 
it's it's individual by case by case. So mm -hmm. you may see something different. David may see. I know I did, but uh, I'll get that. But uh, okay. But yeah, we'll we'll say that for last because okay. I should have. I uh, my bad podcast listeners. I should have sent this to them a long time ago. <laughs> you do, <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. I, I realized how I worded it. I was like, I need to change how I word that. I was like, because I was like, oh, sometimes I can be too direct because I'm thinking about stuff. And I'm like, well, you know, how? But no, it's all good. Uh, who's part? Who's one that y'all want to uh, start with first? Uh, I can do mine since I sent mine in first. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I, since I first sent mine in, which was at the top of last week, well, we've been snowed in, so I had more time to think of other topics. So, I, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just keeping simple to these two. And if we have time, I'll implement a little bit of the other ideas that I was talking, thinking about. But um, uh -huh. the first one was, what was the biggest show, the first big show you've ever played? Well, because it just, I guess it just depends on the person. A big show for one person could be playing in front of 20 people at a church or a hundred people at a venue, or a thousand people at a festival. But mm. uh, I, I think the first big show that we've ever that I can remember playing would have to be on Tate Street uh, for Stop the Violence. Uh, oh yeah, Betty Ice's house, a friend of the family, uh, uh, and um. It, I forget, Kia Shine was out there. Hmm. There was a lot of rappers that were kind of big at the time. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and this was like one of the first shows that I played with at the time. The band was called the Fern Foundation Rhythm Squad. And um, hmm. it was a reggae band. And reggae, we, we did like some hip-hop stuff. We, we, we backed rappers and stuff like that. It was a, a, a rapper named Low Soda Prince who used to back. And... Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, and I I was just so nervous, man. It was like right in the middle of the hood. Like if you know anything about the Claiborne Foot Homes, Tate Street, that's dangerous. It can be dangerous if you watch the show First Forty Eight. And at the time, that was the poorest and the most crime-ridden zip code in the United States. That area. Uh... Yeah. And, and we used to do a lot of music ministry out there. And uh, stop the violence ra rallies at church tingums and uh, door to door, uh, uh, what is it called? Door to door evangelism. And um, it was crazy. It was crazy. It, down oh, there, y'all used to do that down there. Down there, uh -huh. Ew, man. Y'all trying to say? I have to chime and see. That's all a lot. That's the misconception a lot of people have. Specifically about musicians and spe specifically uh, believers that uh, actually play music, they they have a, 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 a notion to believe that oh, we go to these places, we we don't go to clubs, we don't go to you know uh, uh, for those play those places that people don't go to because we and criticize others and all that stuff. No, we're one with the people. If you look through the Bible, Jesus was one of the was with the uh, man of the people, and mm -hmm. if you and, I always tell people that all the time. They always try to say, well, if you believe in this, you can't be hit. <laughs> you must not. We're reading the wrong so different books. I don't know. <laughs> I saw, I saw, I read something completely different. That's just me. Continue, David. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's, no, that's real close. You get right down to it, right down to the bare bones. People try to fight it. But the church is where 
a lot of popular music comes from, from blues, jazz, rock and roll, uh, and everything in between. I mean, origin of everything is Africa. It's always going to come back to, go back to Africa. But when we talk about American music, jazz, all that, all that stuff, man, the church, like, but um, other than that, yeah. that when we played that show out there, I, w- I was scared shitless because it started to get dark. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it kind of it get kind of rowdy a little bit. And I was like, man, man we got to get out of here. We got to mm. get out of here. And um, it was it was it was wild. No, nothing really broke off. Nothing nothing hit like that. But it was just a vibe. I kind of felt a vibe. And I go off vibes in, in situations like that. I was like, even if nothing happened to nobody else, I might have been the one that stepped on somebody's sneaker or something. I, I don't want to even Uh-oh. think of it. But you know. You know, I don't, I don't even want to think like that at the time. I was in my late teens, early twenties. I was just like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, I'm not gonna take a chance. Let me get up out of here. And um, I, and I, I say the the that was the first big show. I think, and my last thing was what inspired me to play music. That just goes back to our parents. It's that simple. It's mother and father uh, rearing us and just just. Exposing us to so many different types of music and genres, and um, older brother, like was actually the catalyst to like big push me to like, no, get up there and play your instrument in front of people, not just in your room and all that kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. and not just keep it on the low, but get out there and play. And um, because I was always in choirs and uh, what are those those singing clubs and elementary ensemble. School? Uh, I was in an ensemble, but no. Uh, uh, Glee Club? Yeah, Glee Club, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate saying it because they made a show that came out on Fox called Glee. And I was yeah. like, oh, my God. I thought this was a secret. No, let's just this, 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 this show. <laughs> there's Illuminati, the there's the Glee Club. Right. Like, we <laughs> must never speak of the nerdiness. The nerdiness of the Glee Club. Like, like I, I, I remember we learned... One of the first songs we learned was My Sharia Ball. And it uh, was the most barbershop quartet sounding. <laughs> My Sharia Ball. Lovely as a summer day. Yeah. This is just the Milky Way. Uh-huh. I was just like, good God. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, but <laughs> my family is what inspired me. I didn't. I never picked. Oh no, no! And then watching the movie Crossroads. There's yeah. a movie that came out with Steve Vai, Ralph Macchio, and it was like uh, the story, or loosely based around the, the the legend of Robert Johnson selling his soul to be a, become a great blues man and going yeah. down to the crossroads and fighting fighting a, a evil entity to get the power, selling the soul, to get the power to, to be a great blues musician. And when I saw that movie, because I grew up watching all these movies with Ron Macchio, uh, uh, Crossroads, to Variety Kid, to uh, my cousin Vinny, to uh, the Outsiders, all that stuff. And and I was just a fan of them. And that movie just stood out. That really made me want to play, too. So, yeah, I think all three of those. So, my older brother, my parents, and then that movie. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, right on, man. Right on. Hope I didn't take up too much time. That nah, was a lot. Well, we got two minutes left. That's all we got. <laughs> <have. laughs> well, we got. Uh, I'll keep my. Uh, and let Jareek, you want to go? Look out of a podcast. Is this? Okay. Uh, 
Well, I, uh, the first one was Biggie Chef. Uh, we've had so much things from small shows that are, are big to me and uh, and huge shows. But um, I guess the first one that comes to my mind is playing at the FedEx Forum. Oh, um, man. Literally, literally 13. Well, the number that night was 13,622 people in attendance. Mm -hmm. For that, we did the halftime show. That blew my mind because nobody, they all, they, they kept telling us no reggae band has ever done the uh, halftime show or even played really in the FedEx form. Like wow. no Ziggy Marley, no Damian Marley, nobody. Any of them have ever played in there. We were literally the first reggae band to ever play inside the That's FedEx awesome, man. And that 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 was that was something that I treasure to this day. I want to get it's a picture we have. I want to get a uh, uh, get a big blown out version of it and put it on my wall somewhere. It's just a dope picture altogether. But uh, yeah. and what made <laughs> excuse me? What made me? What what'd you say? What got me into playing? Oh yeah, what inspired you? Who inspired oh, uh, you? Uh, 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 I have to say the ladies. That's what inspired me all these oh, days. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Hey, that's a true answer. Oh, that's a true answer. answer. Good was, answer. Good I answer. A, yeah. I was such a little lad at the age of eight years old. I thought to myself, if I'm going to do this, I got to do it for the right reasons. No, no. But, uh, uh, no uh, again, to, to piggyback on what you said, they were uh, parents, uh, Omar, uh Man, that foundation, the family foundation, that's what kept, still to this day, keeps me going, uh, musically-wise, and the, sp the specific uh, lessons and all the, you know, the trials and tribulations as a musician, those things make you. And I feel I feel like without having those, that my uh, my origin story of me even being a musician wouldn't, wouldn't be as rich as I, I, I like to believe, as rich as it is. Uh, because without because those those little things those little shows playing up at the House of Thor at the uh, what's the name of that place the Buccaneer the Full Moon Club mm, yeah. all those places in Memphis uh, we play well little little be known that's why that's why I'm always grateful for any shows that we have because we literally me and David specifically our first two years of playing music we got paid nothing absolutely no we played venue after venue after venue. And we got gas money at best. <laughs> gas money. And I and to this day, that's why I appreciate any opportunity. Uh, like you play with play uh with you and your band, Jarif, uh all of the other stuff yeah. we do because it's literally I, I enjoy music and I enjoy creating, especially with like minded people. But uh yeah, mm. I'm gonna say my foundation is family. That's what made me wanna uh do all this stuff musical uh that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not that's awesome. Um, I don't think I could give a much better answer than that. Um, we said the first, okay, the first show that I played was at Brister Fest, the first big show. Was, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That was the was first it the one, was it the one in the sanctuary place? Yeah, or is, <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, we played. I don't remember. I mean, y'all played more than once that night, didn't y'all? Uh huh. 
We played we play in the in the big sanctuary and then the downstairs thing. And yeah. then the next day, we played outside with a gospel band. <laughs> we were there for almost the whole thing. <laughs> Man, dude, I was I was actually inside, like in my house down the street when y'all playing with the gospel band. And it sounded wow. amazing. Y'all had I heard your guitar, David, because there was a lot of like it was like gospel, it was like psychedelic gospel. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy because I just remember hearing beautiful voices and then like of course the instruments and then all of a sudden you know there was like you know like just full on y'all full on rocking I was like man I was like this ain't no gospel music I was like this is some I was like this is some Jimi Hendrix gospel wow I heard all I got, I got a time man it was two guitars that that there was like an older cat named Frank Black too and he uh -huh. was his tone is like very you you guessed it exactly right you called yeah. it right his psychedelic prince that man loves Eddie Hayes old prince kind of yeah. vibe and I, I came right behind him with the Santana because I'm I'm Santana Jeff Beck Andy Summers uh, uh from YouTube that's how I I come at him so yeah yeah, yeah. Well, it got psychedelic so it was two guitars that day and it was very loud so yeah you called it right yeah <laughs> yeah I just remember I was in the shower and I was just hearing this wailing guitar solo and it was just like <laughs> just getting in and then the sound like you said the sound was loud but the whoever did the sound they did it really good because I could hear mostly everything I was like wow this is awesome man I was just I was just listening from my house which was really like. It was on the same block, and it was literally on like five houses down from where y'all were playing. Like basically about about five, six, seven houses down. But uh, that that show was amazing because I played with this band called Greedy Kidney, and I was playing bass, yeah. and uh, I was singing, playing bass and singing, and it was uh with uh, uh Gina Spasto and yeah. uh TJ, I think T yeah TJ. I feel like his last name was Elliot. I think his last name was Elliot. I'm not too sure. But anyway, we all played, and TJ's playing drums, and Gina was playing guitar and singing. And I think we did really good. Well, for whatever reason, <laughs> I, I had some weird I had some weird thoughts back then. Me, I, I like that band. Huh? I like that band, Greedy Kidney. It was a lot of good bands. I, I don't know what happened to them. It was y'all, Sound Mind. Oh uh, man, it was a, a Sheriff of Nottingham. Like, like but y'all were yeah, greedy kid that y'all were like Yeah, y'all were that's, dope. That sounds familiar, Sheriffs of Nottingham. Yeah, they were they were dope. They were kind of like Gary Clark Jr. kind of vibe. Blues mm. rock. Nice, they were, nice. They were dope. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I was uh I was I was happy to be able to play in that band, I think. But that was the was that the first? No, that was the second. Was that the second? I guess that was the second band that I was in. The first band I was in was Moses Crouch's band. That was the first band I was in. And it Wow. It, yeah, it was it was awesome. I was playing bass at this uh I was playing bass at this shop and then he walked in and he was like, I need a I was like, Hey, you play bass? He was real kind and then he handed me a flower flyer because he was looking for a band uh member, a bass player. And then yeah. from then on, you know, I called him after that and then we were playing with each other. So from then on we've been <laughs> Playing in bands with each other was was like I guess that was 2012. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I know. Some, some <laughs> I remember him. Yeah. He had he and Moses all around the city, just at random places. Like he would be at the Southern folklore place doing something, 
and then we would play a festival with him and his band, and they would just be getting done. And I would just see him just like, dude, this dude is different in a deep <laughs> way. Like, like, like. Uh, and then just hearing him play reggae music one day, and I was like, oh, my gosh. This dude can do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah, he's he always- loves reggae. Yep. That man he's scared gonna- me when he did Redemption Song for the first yeah. time. I was like, wait, 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 hold up, man. What's going on? Where you come from, Mozart? Huh? Yeah, he does sound a lot like Marlon when he does that song. Right, that's like, scary. It's scary. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and oh. it, then the show that inspired me was 2007 Wolf Mother, a Bill Street mm-hmm. Music Festival. Like, that's what inspired me oh, to play yeah. guitar because I, I, I kind of did. And I was like, ah, I was like, but I, I didn't know that people still did that. I, I thought people just played with DJs and stuff on stage. So then when, by the time I went to, I think after, it was like a rapper. Some rapper was like doing a set and then Wolf Mother came on. And you know, I had, I had seen, but it's different from seeing like okay bands and seeing like people who are really good at what they do like they're the best at what they do they're some of the best and i had seen some bands of some people who were banging on guitar and drums and stuff and i'm like yeah i was like i would guess that people still do stuff like that it's like you could see a band and be like they really haven't it's, it's no make it or making it but you like you could see a band and still see like that not only do you see that they're struggling but you see why that they're struggling Cause you're mm. like, you're like, okay, I'm like, okay, I'm like y'all are trying to, but then you see, and then right next door it's like Guns and Roses or something, or <laughs> I don't know, Wolf Mother, and you like, well, like this is complete, this is worlds apart, this is not the same. It's like it's it's <laughs> established a sound, they know what they're doing, they step on stage, they're not trying to be Carlos Santana, they're just like they're just doing their own thing, and hey. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking no, about. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking I'm about like, I'm like hey, wait a minute. What about Carlos Santana? No, no. <laughs> I just brought up Carlos Santana because you said it. <laughs> David has anybody else. podcast. David huh? has officially left the podcast. <laughs> David left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, no, I'm triggered. No, no, I'm triggered. They were definitely what to you is just the thought of like. You know, somebody who doesn't know, like, you know your sound because you just said Santana and, like, three other people. And I know it's you also put in there. But when it's somebody, like, who's just trying to be, like, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan, like, you can, you can, you know, when they play the, all that they played all their life, it's just Stevie Ray Vaughan yes. covers and yeah. they don't have their own identity. Yes. You just pick one person. Ooh. You got to pick, like, they, when they say, like, if you pick one person, it's stealing. But if you steal from many people when they say yeah. it's like it's art or something like that yeah i know what you mean no no because I, I i don't know his name and i'm glad i don't because so i i can't blow up his spot right now and, and say who he is but he 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 plays exactly like stevie ray mm. and and with a hint of hendrix which stevie ray was copying hendrix exactly <laughs> He's Stevie Ray. He walks around with his head up, with ruffles in his shirt and the hat. I'm like, no, you're not Stevie Ray. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, uh, that's like oh, that's and, I feel you. I feel you. That's what get me about some people. Again, I'm not throwing shade, but it goes back to what you were saying. Like, people that are obsessed with Jimi Hendrix. I like Jimi Hendrix, but it's yeah. some people that, like, play Jimi Hendrix and Prince. 
and then they got like annoying vocals over it. It's like, oh. what is going on? Oh. This is like, oh, warm my heart. I'm, I'm going to be the first to say it. Prince and Jimmy weren't the greatest singers. But if yeah. you suck vocally and you're trying to sing their songs, stop it. <laughs> no, <laughs> please, please. Stop it. Like, you need to be singing like Luther Vandross right. or Gary Clark or something. <laughs> To sing and cover Purple Rain or something. Your vocals need to be top tier. What's my guy? Lucky Day. Be on that level. Yes. Like a Neo or, or something. Oh, I, oh, yeah. yeah. Who's Lucky oh. Day? Oh, oh, what? Lucky Day. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, no, we're going to sing you some music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a song that you can, that you have. Um, Damn, what's the name? It's one of your, I'm not going to say the name of it. It's one of your originals. It kind of reminds me vocally of like Lucky you can say, Day. You can say one of the originals. It's fine. Oh, I, oh okay. It's a song you got called uh, Vane. Vane. And, uh, okay. The, the vocal delivery on it kind of has like a hint of like a Lucky Day kind of, and the vibe mm. is kind of like smooth, like a Lucky Day song. I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you mm. some stuff. I'm going to send you some stuff. Okay. Okay. <laughs> wow. I didn't know you did. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and everybody in the podcast world, look up Lucky Day. You will, you will be impressed. Yes, yes. Lucky Day. <laughs> so I guess we got to go on to today. So uh, oh, and uh, okay. did everybody talk about the? Yes, uh, yes, yes. Okay, everybody did. Okay, I guess I'll go on to mine. Uh, I'll make this quick. Who? Who? I just gotta ask. Oh, I gotta think about that question. I don't know about that. Oh, oh, do, you, do you have your list? Do you have your list? Hey, you already know that's what I'm looking at right here. <laughs> anyway, this back this background thing won't pop up for nothing. Anyway, it won't pop up. It don't let anything else come up. I don't know why, but anyway, that was the list that I just had. But okay, who was the scariest wrestler and why? I'd say the scariest wrestler I thought was Rowdy Roddy Piper because I believed everything he said. And although I didn't grow up watching him, the clips that I did see of him when I was young, it scared the crap out of me because he, <laughs> he, he like it's like he believed every word that he said. And I'm like, what's wrong with this dude? Don't he know? Like, don't he, like, don't he know how to relax a little bit? And he was just like. That dude was intense. I, I've been scared of him for a very, very long time. <laughs> I'm still scared of him. I don't know why. I never would have guessed it. Roddy Piper. I love Roddy Piper. Uh, man, besides besides Kiwi, if you never heard of Kiwi, oh my God, that's wow. a scary. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm, ter- I'm terrified of him to this day. Him and this going far, I'm scared the hell out of me. I'm just going far. Kiwi, I've never even heard of him before. Yeah, you're doing good. You're doing good. Like, uh, you don't need to know about Queen. Ain't nobody special. Okay, that's for the podcast listeners to look up Queenie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, damn, I've got to say the one that scared me. Oh man, I, I, I'm gonna be gnawed. What scared me? Because real talk. I didn't know about the uh, the Cactus Jack story and all his other faces of Foley at the time. But when I first caught on Raw one night, and this was during Daylight Savings time where it got dark early, so mm-hmm. 7 o'clock, it was Mankind doing a promo in the ring, and then they shot to another scene where he was in the boiler room. I thought he was really like mentally messed up. 
And he was pulling his hair out and stuff. I'm like, why do they have this crazy guy on wrestling? This, this something's wrong with this dude. Why is he wrestling? But you got, I'm like 10, yeah. 11. And I'm just like, what is up with this guy? Why is he on TV? And it scared the crap out of me. And he's just screaming. He's like, Bobby, Bobby, they burned me. And I'm just like, oh my God. And then he had a tag partner named Chainsaw Charlie that came out with the leather face. So I, I, but years later, I found out that it was Mick Foley and Terry Funk and all that and watched Beyond <laughs> Mad ECW. But Ooh, that blew my mind. The attitude there. When I first saw Mankind, that that his promos, like his wordplay, is uh, uh, top tier, top tier. Like yeah. uh, Mankind, Raven, like all of them were some of the, the greatest. That's why I'm glad Mankind got his just due. I, I really wish Raven got his, but when Mankind went, ah, oh, he blew my mind. That scared the crap out of me. The kid, I was like I said, like nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, oh, that that blew my mind. Yeah, but yeah, Joe. Uh man. I guess when it comes, see, because because Jarif, you got me thinking. Like there were certain wrestlers that wasn't so much scarier in the sense of like their look. It was almost like their not their voice, but their bravado of how they acted. Kind of, it was kind of like I, I, I'll just name two people. But he was it wasn't scary. It was just like I'm worried about this man, uh, <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. I was always worried about this man. Ultimate Warrior, the coming out of like I didn't grow up yeah. seeing him, but went to like later on, like I'll say like toward the late '90s, like, like around my let me see how old was I like ten? He, he, he came back in the late '90s at WCW. Remember? Okay, no, but 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 now I'm saying well, I was. In the late nineties, I was looking back at his stuff he was oh, doing in the eighties and the nineties, early nineties, and I always used I was like a man like that because being at that age, at ten and ten, nine, whatever, at that time, it's like I didn't know the, the essence of what drugs do to somebody, and I didn't know <laughs> that was like steroids, <laughs> cocaine, whatever. I was like, whatever that guy's on, I don't want to be nowhere near. <laughs> So that guy, that and then around that time, I was like, "Don't do drug commercials," and everything oh. was on. So I was like, uh, "No, none of that." So, uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, that and uh, what's the guy's name? Used to come out with um, uh, 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 Christian and Edge. What's the guy? Uh, Gangrel. And then you get the, from the music high cat yeah. from the music because I wasn't so used to the whole. I like I always dug like the vampire stuff, like Blade and stuff. But yeah. it was before that. It's just something about him was always weird to me with the music. But it was bumping yeah. after a while. After listening to him, I was like, well, well, the first initial looking at it stuff, it was kind of weird. And Undertaker was always that guy. And so yeah. when he kept when he kept switching characters, that's what I was like, oh, you ain't too scary no more. You yeah. riding the bike now? You are now you American badass. <laughs> now you know, I'm like, okay, what's enough of that? <laughs> when yeah, he was trying yeah. to take uh, Stephanie and uh, marry her and all this, I was like, you, you're doing too much, uh, Undertaker. <laughs> you're doing too much. I to call this up the Lord of Darkness. I was like, is this Ozzy Osbourne? Or the <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> see, like, so, see, the thing with me when it comes to the characters on WWE, specifically WWE, like the initial month of them coming out, uh, being introduced, I was like, oh, my Lord. And then after that month passed, I'm like, uh, 
<laughs> they work out of shit. Now I'm seeing all the chinks in their armor with everything. And not too. Uh, oh, well. Uh, you like, oh, like, at least y'all tried. Right, right. No, that's real. That's real. That's how I was. Now, yo, like, even when they tried on uh, WCW, they tried to introduce that guy. Uh, he was dressed up like Gene Simmons and stuff. The Demon. I think that, I don't know if you remember him. Right. You don't even hardly remember him. Oh, yeah. I don't even remember him. He, he, he came out and he was like, oh, the demon is here, blah, blah, blah. And, and he had, we came out after like the first two weeks. I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, sir. No, no. I'm black. That's another one. Because I started getting into uh, all different types of music at that time. So at the same time, they brought out the demon. So I'm a Kiss fan. And St. Clown Posse, uh, kind of a fan. And then uh, they brought out the Misfits, and they all came out with uh, Vampiro. Uh, and uh, mm. I was like, "This is awesome! Like you got uh, you got Kiss, the Misfits, and St. Cloud Posse. They all got makeup on, and they're fighting Sting. I'm like, this, this is amazing! But it just it was just too much. They didn't have enough time to write a good story. So right, a, right. Yeah. That's what, see, that's all. That's all I'm saying. Like after like the first two weeks, I was like, right. uh, I don't know. This story is going nowhere. That's like, like now. That's like now. That's like now with uh, what's his name, Alistair Black or whatever, Malachi Black or whatever on EC on uh, AEW. They're trying to give that same kind of vibe, but I'm just looking at it like, uh, it's cool, <laughs> it's cool, it's cool. But, uh, yeah. You need the story. You need the writing. It's all about the stories. You, yeah. you can only you can only turn off the lights every so often and then come reappear. So people be like, okay, we know it's about to happen, though. You're gonna <laughs> cut off the lights, you're gonna appear in the ring, gonna cut it back oh, off yeah. and disappear. We know the <laughs> we know the plan. Huh? Yeah, Chavo was just on um what um Rampage Jackson's podcast, and he was just telling him like the same thing you were just saying. Y'all were just saying, saying that the story and the moves tell like the story. I feel like one mm. person they all mixed out, they missed out on was Vampiro, I feel like he was really good. He had a whole, he had a lot of moves, a lot of different moves. But yes. I think he went and I think he went and did like different circuits, like that weren't in the U.S. Because I think right. he was coming out of, out of, I think he was coming out of the like somewhere where they were doing lucha or like I can't remember, or like in Japan. I think that's where he came from, and he came in and he was like a big deal, which. They they didn't market him well. They kind of like just sent him off, and that's when he did. He come straight to um, WCW. Uh, WCW. Yeah, he came straight out of Mexico. I think it was either AAA. I can't think of the federation, and and but it was definitely Lucha Libre, and he he's Canadian, and uh, yeah, really? yeah, yeah, really? yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. good, man. He was he was awesome, dude. And it just it just it was just a huge like kind of like I think they did a really a good promo, but then it was kind of like, I don't know. It, it just more could have happened. I felt like more could have happened, but we're like at a minute and 30 seconds. Oh. We can end it and then come back again real quick. Okay. about to go down. All right. We'll be right back, everyone, with the Woulda, Coulda, Shoulda podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll see y'all soon. <laughs> 